Hello everyone, it's Friday the 4th of August and welcome to episode 166 of the Kite Podcast with me, Will Evans. And me, Ben Eagle. Now, difficult times, which of course we are in, can lead us to thinking about resilience and making sure we are in a fit state for getting through the current tough time, but also planning for better times ahead. So with this in mind, we thought that we would shine a light on the subject of leadership today. And not just for leaders on farm or in whatever area of the industry that you work in, but personal leadership and ensuring that we lead our own lives in the strongest way possible. Joining us to discuss this big topic is Nuffield scholar Chris Manley, who has travelled the world studying leadership in many different forms. You might also know Chris for the Walk With Me campaign which he launched last year as a way of encouraging us to talk about our mental health more than we perhaps do. We're also joined by our podcast producer and senior consultant at Kite, Becky Leach, who will be giving us the benefit of her own knowledge and experience of this topic area. And everybody's favourite dairy market analyst, Chris Walkland, is on holiday this week. And we don't have a milk market report. Um, So we'll go straight over to you, Will. Probably going to be a much more cheerful podcast this week. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. There's the benefit of that. Having a week off, Chris. And, and we know Chris will be listening, so uh, we're, we miss you, Chris. We're only joking. We do. Um, I hope, yeah, hope you're having a great holiday. Yeah, okay. Um, the other Chris, Chris Manley, welcome to the podcast. Can you introduce yourself, first of all, um, to the listeners uh, and tell us a bit about who you are and, and about your career? Uh, so yeah, uh, he- hello everyone. Um, it's an absolute pleasure to be on the Kite Podcast, and um, I'm from um, a mixed livestock farm uh, in East Devon. And I always say I uh, absolutely loved my childhood as far as um, that muddy boots upbringing. And uh, I guess uh, what sort of propelled me to where I am now um, is sort of my involvement in the Young Farmers Organisation and also studying agriculture at Harper Adams. And I think that gave me. Um, exposure to a big network that um, a great network that is the the farming industry Um, but also I realized that there was uh, some exciting careers and jobs uh, beyond the farm gate but also involved working with farmers helping farmers and connecting that whole supply chain so um, in the last 10 years I've really enjoyed uh, working in agricultural manager roles uh, for the likes of Tesco's Sainsbury's and Muller um, and they're often sort of uh, one of uh, two key things so you end up being more of an internal consultant so um, so uh, helping uh, key members of those businesses to understand about farming and obviously sustainability as well which is really important and then more outwardly you're you're involved with creating those relationships throughout the supply chain um, and then if you're really doing a good job um, you're trying to connect that supply chain and move everybody in a positive direction. Fantastic. Okay, so Ben mentioned the um, Walk With Me campaign in the intro. Can you tell us a bit more about that, please? Yeah, no no, no problem. So, um, I mean, the good news is that the topic of mental health is uh, becoming uh, more and more common. And um, there's some great work going out there in you know, the last couple of years, um, particularly with the, the charities like Farm and Community Network, DPJ Foundation, RAVI, um, and obviously uh, yellow wellies so um the awareness is absolutely out there but from a personal point of view um you know i've been sort of working through my own mental health um, specifically uh, uh, depression and um there were times in which that it was very difficult uh, for me and um i was trying a lot of these sort of i have my my toolbox as you would describe it and trying lots of different things to help myself feel better and two of which of those were uh, walking and 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 journaling and um i ended up creating a kind of a kind of amateur poem shall we say called walk with me so it was uh, walk with me if you're feeling alone uh, walk with me if your mental health is affecting your your work or your family and there was a whole list of things that you'd associate if you were having challenges um and i thought to myself well i'm relatively confident despite this and I thought, wouldn't it be pretty bad if you couldn't feel that you could open up and communicate? And I always found actually walking was really useful, even on your own. And then I'd find myself, you know, catching up with people and finding it a lot easier to walk 
and talk a bit like that feeling if you're sat in a car with someone it's easier if there's other distractions it's you know that right environment is moving and so I took the brave step and I thought well maybe let's launch a, a campaign to encourage people to to walk and talk and often the best uh, sort of ideas are the the simple ones and so it's completely agnostic it's not associated with a specific charity but it's there for you know individuals and um, organizations to pick up and use in the way that they would like and my aim is that it nicely trickles along um, and is in almost in our subconscious as a as a tool that we can use to take that first step can I ask a question on this from Chris? And you and I discussed it the other evening when we were sort of prepping, but how did you come up with those things as been tools in your toolbox that worked for you? Well, I would say it comes down to a lot of trying, Becky. <laughs> so, you know, so I think it's I think it starts um, you know, you know, genuinely when you're in that difficult place, you're trying to find anything that you can just to take that one step. Uh, forward but I mean I would I would say it's it's keeping it simple so I mean I guess some simple simple parameters would be what do I enjoy or what do I you know what what activity am I familiar with that I would normally do at a time when I'm feeling a little bit better Um, so like knowing and also they need to be kind of simple things that like can create habits so I, I was thinking of myself obviously we're talking about walking um I, I'm you know I knew the importance of activity so um the idea of you know I don't know like I've started doing like Pilates because I thought that would be good for me and that kind of and alongside that that whole mindfulness side of things so uh, we're talking about meditation here and um just rest assured anybody listening I'm I, I haven't sort of got you know in my living room and sort of stones around me and got my legs crossed for an hour and um you know I'm shut off from the world it's actually really simple in that you know I I go onto YouTube I find like a 10 minute meditation app close my eyes and and it just it just helps me. But for other people, it's whatever, like even if it's just somebody might be really into um, like handicrafts and things like that. It's finding what fills your fills your cup. And I think specifically mm. for me, I've worked out that connectivity is really important, having that connection. So if I know that I I've got to, on a daily basis uh, go and speak to some people and having that connection. So it's working out that list of things that is easy to achieve and creates a meaningful habit. Um, can I just what kind of a response you've had um, to this uh, from from farmers and wider industry? Yeah, so I think it's been it's been really positive. I think at the time, you know, you always have that kind of spike of like, oh, wow, this is this is new. And, um, you know, I've had uh, a lot of support, you know, including uh, including your, yourself, uh, Will and, and Ben in, in terms of um, supporting doing like a the video, the Walk With Me videos and, um, you know, and podcasts. Uh, but I think what, what's been quite cool is I think, yes, I'm really encouraging people to go out and walk. And then if they feel confident enough to post it on social media with the hashtag walk with me. But I'm really, really comfortable that actually I'm probably not going to hear a lot about how successful it's been, because I think a lot of these conversations are quite private and sensitive. So even if someone out there has been stimulated to go for a walk and talk and it's their first opportunity to open up, um, I'm really, really, really content. Uh, with that and I think it's it's funny actually we're nearly what are we we're heading towards sort of 10 10 months on from when it started and I would say now it's starting to pick up again I'm getting a lot of um, I guess it takes a while for people to kind of hear about it and I think a lot of organizations are finding a really easy way to access this this conversation and I think it's I mean they rate we raise awareness obviously when people are at that real painful point which is important but I think actually something we need to do is is sort of get some of the um it's sort of like prevention is better than cure and I think this is like one of those things that starts you off on sort of that resilience mindfulness thing so even if you're feeling reasonably okay it's something that you know if you put it in there that actually it's going to help you in the long run yeah for sure well, well, just well done for doing it all because I'm sure you're helping a lot, a lot of uh, a lot of people. Um, so, where does your interest? Uh, well, sorry, something. So, uh, sorry, um, on, sorry Chris. to interrupt you. Well, actually, I've probably undersold it a little bit. So, they've launched it in the Netherlands. Um, so, we're all aware of the 
uh, like the pressures that Dutch farmers have been mm. under, um, particularly livestock farmers on reducing yeah, yeah. Uh, livestock numbers. Um, and a fellow Nuffield scholar, uh, Judith DeVore, um, you know, has, has done her Nuffield on sort of how can we support farmers in sort of changing times. And she's well, one side of it, she set up a mentorship scheme, but the other half is launching Walk With Me to get people, farmers walking and talking. Um, and, and also Harper Adams, um, my uh, former university, uh, they've, um, it's been kind of one of the catalysts for them um, doing a, a module and assignment on kind of mental health uh, within each course. Um, so, and, and I'm sure there are many other little things that are bubbling away. Um, and, you know, I'm very proud for, proud of what we've achieved. And also I think it's really, um, I'm really open to collaboration and sort of people wanting to take it where they feel comfortable. Amazing. We're going to go on to talk about Nuffield, which is focused on leadership. And I was just reflecting then what what a great sort of physical example. And we'll we'll talk a little bit later, but what a great physical example of how you are leading the way in some of the things that you do, you know, personally and professionally, Chris. You know, it's a real, um, that's an amazing legacy, you know, not that you're going anywhere yet, but you know what I mean? The legacy (laughs) impact of, um, you know, of, of creating something like that, that is, um, you know, crossing international borders and, um, you know, and, and coming back and being the catalyst for change in other areas is really fantastic. It is. Yeah, well, that's very, very kind of you, uh, Becky. I guess, you know, I've always been someone that, like I said, I enjoy connection and enjoy making kind of meaningful impact. I think, uh, you know, so over time I've had sort of, a, you know, why am I like this? And I think actually a lot is down to uh, my my family. I think there's these um, uh, the the culture of um, like my, my my parents would always uh, say, you know, like uh, we don't have much, but we we welcome you. You'll never leave our place hungry. Um, my dad's very good at kind of reciprocal relationships, and uh, I've kind of held held that with me my whole my whole my whole life you know treat people as you want to be treated um those kind of sort of good good solid solid values and um and you know that that willingness to sort of help others and help help them achieve their full potential yeah so is that um i was going to ask you where your interest in leadership um comes from do you think that's where it, that's where it started uh, so it, it's funny I, I think i was thinking about this last night and I would I would say I was unconsciously doing it went back to like young farmers days so mm-hmm. I think there was the opportunity to take responsibility so when I first joined Con Valley Young Farmers you, you you know you get a chance to like you know be a committee member you know be the chair chairperson or social secretary well for me it was definitely the social secretary so I was all about I have you ever watched Van Wilder party liaison um, and I, I always enjoyed organising a good party, and so, um, and because I always had the feeling if I could bring people together for them to enjoy it, and and that's where it sort of came from for me. So I, um, obviously, it was often you know done to raise funds for the club or for a, a charity, but that was where the magic happened you know and I'd get my friends together and um, we do all kinds of things to get people from all over the district you know and I'd work out um, you know who were the influencers in the clubs and they get free tickets which means that they would bring their friends with them and uh, yeah it was it was incredible and I, I think I've probably taken that kind of organizing a party uh, ethos to the things that I that I do um, without without realizing and then I would say more more formally, um, it's it's been around probably uh, kind of the, the Worshipful Company of Farmers Challenge of Real Leadership course. I did that in 2015, and that was quite immersive because that's a two-week uh, residential. And, you know, you, you get with a really good group of people, very diverse, not just farmers, people from different um, parts of the sector. And... You, you know, you, you're meeting some really inspiring leaders, anything from the person that was heading up uh, uh, Royal Devon and Exeter 
um, A and E with like crisis management. We had Brian, Brian Waters, you know, mil former military commander that was talking about wicked problems. And I guess what I've realised with a lot of this leadership stuff, leadership stuff, which we'll lead on to, is most of the time you go to these courses and you learn these wonderful techniques and get these experiences. But it, every time it sh shines, like it makes you look in the mirror. It's it, often it's all about self awareness, hmm. and that was kind of. The, the start of where I was thinking, well, actually, it's a lot about getting yourself in shape. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of where the, the magic um, happened for me. And then ever, ever since then, I've been, um, where possible, uh, trying to, you know, take those opportunities and bring people with me. Yeah. One thing I'd just like to draw out from those two examples that you've made there is, which I, I think we'll probably come on to this later, but it's that idea that leadership isn't a one-way street. Um, so it, it's, from what you're saying there, it very it has to be connected with either the people around you or it's drawn out in different ways depending on who you're around, who you're learning from. And a good leader, I, th I think, learns as much from the people around them as they, they sort of instill leadership themselves. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I, I think the um, the importance of uh, like active listening um, and un yeah, understanding. Yeah, you know, genuinely, I think one of the biggest themes I'd, I'd like to sort of draw out of this whole conversation, you know, is uh, and this was sort of the biggest turning point for me when I went to meet uh, RAF Chief Marshal Sir Michael Graydon, who was the top person during the Gulf War for the, the military and he said, when you treat people as human beings, that is leadership. Without this, it's just management. Mm. That's mm. good, isn't it? Well, that is yeah, good. boom, have that one. <laughs> Lighting that one down. Yeah, I, mic drop, I, I'm done guys, I'm off. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, oh, go on Becky, go on. I was just gonna say, this sort of comes back, we had a conversation, I'm gonna nick some of the questions now, Will and Ben, sorry, but about what, what leadership means for, for different people and 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 I was I still go back to Simon Sinek's um comment which anybody who knows me knows that I blooming a proper fangirl of him um but you know the, the good leaders make make people through um sort of being compelling want to follow you know not because they have to but because they want to and that's really interesting your point Ben about um, you know, the people around them. I don't think mm. leaders are threatened by other people who are better at them, better than them in some particular areas, are they? Or, you know, they realise that everybody's got strengths and weaknesses. They, they understand where they fit in the world. And actually, you know, what you were describing, Chris, with your YFC social secretary, um, one, I'm thinking we need to plan like a kite podcast party because me and you at the helm sounds like a hell of a do. Please. Absolutely. Uh, so I, I'm sort of working out the logistics in my head as of that as we speak. Um, <laughs> we get that. Yeah, I mean that would be pretty epic because it's like I mean that would a, be great. A thousand people download this podcast every week. Um, so <laughs> can you imagine the tent? Uh, anyway, I digress. <laughs> um, but um, you know, coming back to your so, sort of social secretary, it, the good good leaders for me are almost like the glue who bring everybody else together. You know, so so they're not there isn't this sort of hierarchical leader at the top that they're, they're almost the the web and the glue that act between all these other people you know sometimes unnoticed yeah there was it's funny there's a couple of points i'll draw out there so um i think someone said to me once that actually like your your you know great leader you know i guess in this context senior person in a business or something like that it the important thing is you're not afraid to employ people that are better than you. You know, so people, I guess in the, what they meant was like, if there's someone with an area of expertise, like, you know, you should absolutely embrace that. And your role is all about giving them the opportunity to be uh, the best uh, that, that, that they possibly can be. So, you're, you know, you're opening those doors, you're making that uh, environment that's, that's, that's comfortable. And I think actually, back to the analogy on the, the sort of party, I think what do I enjoy most about that? It's probably the point in the night where, um, you know, when you get that sort of buzz in the night, so you can feel it, that's either through, you can see it at sometimes at conferences where the people are talking and yeah. it's like a sort of hum. 
Um, or it can be at a party where the, the band or the DJ has just hit it on point and the people yeah. are dancing and you're like, that is like the optimum. And so if you take that and then bring that into like, whether it's a project or the way the atmosphere feels with your team on farm, you know, uh, you know how, how do we create that kind of party feel um Love that. and you know and it's people feeling like they're re- like they're relaxed they're enjoying it they're feeling like they can be be themselves and i know and yes you know being a leader is yeah uh, can can be about connectivity and bringing people together but i guess the point i would try to make and particularly where i think i'm heading in the direction of my enough field is that each person can take leadership in their life and and it shouldn't be about being a particular style um it should be well i think the key is finding out like who you are and why you're doing what you're doing and work your own authentic style out and if you bring your best self to the table i think you're instantly you'll perform better but you're more you're more self-aware to others as well this is almost 100 percent agree with that that's a really good point i was just going to say um, as you were talking Chris and it's this interesting bit isn't it where you sort of connect the dots this is all um, you know Daniel Kahneman would describe this as being in flow wouldn't they you know when everything when you get the peak you get over and above the peak of everybody collaboratively collaboratively together which means then you know everybody's in flow and you get the, the best possible outcome so taking that we'll we'll definitely go on to talk about your Nuffield but um Chris, I mean, the big question, I suppose, is what does leadership mean for you? There are different elements to it, but if you could instill it, if you could just summarise it in in a few sentences, what would that be? So, I mean, look, you know, the, the, the common kind of definitions revolve around, you know, leading people or leading a group or influencing them towards uh, a, com- a common goal. Um, but I think if I think about it more for me it's more i think it's actually having that a bit so you're you're having that self-awareness um and you're making me, uh, meaningful connections with the people around you where people actually want to do something either for you or for that or for that common goal yeah. but the, the key point is is that you've understood yourself enough to know um how you act in a certain way and also you've taken the time to really know the people around you so in the context of the farm it's there may be given roles there may be the herds person the tractor driver etc but i can actually guarantee you those people are more than just the herds person or the or the tractor driver so you have a, a real understanding so that they've it's sort of i guess um to coin a famous sort of abba song it's knowing me knowing you <laughs> Uh-huh. Well done, Chris. <laughs> Chris yeah. Never did I think Abba would be quoted on the kind of podcast. That's awesome. So, so I I uh, have a question for all of you. So, one, one, you all know I'm a huge sports fan. One of my sporting heroes, uh, former Wales and British Lions um, captain Sam Warburton, and he does a really good podcast called Leading, where he interviews various. Um, uh captains um uh, no sorry it's called captains and he interviews various sort of sporting captains done with paul o'connell and various golfers it's really really good um and he talks a lot about having a captain's compass so he has uh, he, he will ask each guest about their captain's compass. so four points on the compass so four different aspects to their leadership so i'll oh. i'll I'll, I'll tell you what my I'll tell you what mine is, and then I'm going to ask you, you guys. I'm going to put you on the spot to tell me your your four things. So I've I've got mine literally written on this whiteboard next to me. So I, I know because because so use... you're cheating, Will. Well, I, yeah. I I I I, I tried to do this with um with it with uh, OFC. So um I because obviously I've quite a big team and I feel very out my depth with it all. And um but but so these these are my four right. So um work ethic humility empathy and fun so i try to use all all four of those in our board meetings and and organizations so um those those are my four so um becky what what would your four be you'll come to me first uh the the as, as you started describing it the first word that popped into my head is authentic yeah um which i think if you 
Yeah, but uh, at the other three, <laughs> you might have to give me a little bit longer. <laughs> it's it's probably one that you shouldn't think about too much. I, I would think it's one that you, it, it, it yeah. But yeah, go on. Well, go on oh, po- positivity would be another one. Okay. Um, it, taking your point of not thinking too much, maybe give me a second longer on the other two. Go on, go on, Chris. You go. Okay, uh, it's, I, I can see you conveniently had these on your wall before you asked yes. the question. <laughs> I, I, did, I didn't plan to ask this, sorry, I would have given you notice. <laughs> it's quite a big no, one no, just to drop in it's, there. It, it, no, it's, it's fine, but I think um, it actually raises a good, a good point, the compass, because I've done something similar with knowing your own values. So mm-hmm. I have a whiteboard as well, which fortunately, well, I'm referring to my whiteboard. Um, and... Uh, I mean, this was more about my values, so the kind of kindness, trust, ambition, creativity, and connection. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's five. But so that, that whole thinking about those kind of key things is important. So I would definitely, I think trust is is an important one in there. And I, I agree with you, Becky, being authentic. And that goes back to the, the point that I made before is as a leader, you need to be true to yourself because mm-hmm. if you're leading in a way that's not true to you um i think people will see through that and eventually that will become exhausting uh for you i think um connection um you know that is definitely something um that's me um and yeah i would go the fourth one is uh like empowerment yeah Really cool. It's funny because I would talk about a, a similar but different, but the North Star and the authentic bit is my North Star. You know, mm. when when I'm trying to decide, um, you know, do I or don't I? Does that fit with me? Does is that the right thing to do? I come mm. back to you know, is that me and my true self? Um, and then that generally generally gives you the rest of the answers that you need to know. You know, does it fit with what I think and believe? And yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with that. Mm. I wonder if the work ethic one actually as well. I was think I didn't want to steal one that you'd already chosen, but I think that possibly. And you were saying earlier, Chris, about um, your dad and um, you know some of his values. And I think in farming, actually, there's there's a there's a there's a culture, isn't isn't there that is quite a generous and collaborative culture. It's yeah. you know, a strong work ethic culture, but but not for the benefit just of yourself. I don't think anybody farms just really for, for themselves today, do they? You know, mm. you sort of farm with this weather eye on the next generation and, yep. you know, the, the people that you serve by producing food. And um, this is a horrendous but, but, edit, Will. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're we're going to go way out, way past 10 at this. Becky, Becky the, the, I think you touched on a really good good point and I, I i sort of claim that i'm going to own this phrase but i'm sure someone said it before but i think we need to bring or bring or put the culture back into agriculture Oof. yeah uh so you know or, or celebrate it i guess is a more positive way um of, of looking at it so i mean you you mentioned about you know that hard work ethic and i think i would definitely echo that when i look at you know my, my parents and the way they've the way they farmed but you know, kind of without realising, even though it's sort of the classic of, you know, me living in London versus living um, back in East Devon, you know, you, you tend to know your neighbours or what you call your neighbours as farmers, even though they're half a mile or a mile down the road. And, you know, if someone's had a, you know, some incident has happened or some piece of machinery isn't working, generally one way or another, you sort of come yeah. round to sort of, you know, help feed the animals and that kind of thing. And I think it's maybe taking that kind of, sweet spot and the way we behave in those scenarios and over and kind of use that as a good example saying well why can't we do something similar when it comes to sorting pe- supporting people from a mental health perspective or that kind of people side of things so we, we've got the foundations there as a culture but maybe we haven't quite tapped into that from uh, supporting people from a sort of mental health perspective but that was just a thought I was just thinking mm-hmm. um, from that mm-hmm. that what, what what are your four things, Ben? Not letting you go away with it. Oh, good effort. Put mine through. Well, okay, so, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna base mine sort of largely largely values based as well, but but brought towards. So I put I put um uh approachable um is one. You are very approachable. Uh, 
Reliable would be another. Courageous would be my third, I think. Actually, courage Ooh. on the basis that I think actually, I mean, I'm, I'm a big believer that if you're not slightly out of your comfort zone, then you're lot, yeah. not living life completely. Mm -hmm. And I think that actually you need to be courageous in order to, yeah. to do that. I think, yeah, that actually that that's a big part of it as well. Agreed. And then my fourth one, simply because I think it needs, we need more of it in the world is, is kind as well. Um, kindness. Very good. Those would, cool. be, those would be my four, I think. Ben Maybe had such such an extra time. That's not fair. I want to <laughs> redo time. Time. Yeah. I wanted to steal three. Well. I like that one. <laughs> very yeah. good, Ben. Yeah, very That's good. Strong one. Made me quite emotional. <laughs> <laughs> Becky, Becky, let's bring this back to you, just following on from uh, Chris's point a while back now. But I mean, what does what does leadership mean for you? I still come back that, that, you know, people choose to follow leaders, don't they? And, and it's not necessarily a title that they're given or a position or a rank or, you know, the, there's obvious people who come come to the forefront as leaders and then are given the title. But I was thinking about what Chris was saying earlier about the herds person or the, you know, tractor driver or whatever. And I was thinking about how how this looks on farm and you know if we if we're ever talking on with clients about um you know maybe changes that we want to make on farm we would we would and like chris did with the you know yfc parties who are the influencers who are the people that we need to get on board that are going to influence mm -hmm. the rest of the team to get on board and i would say actually those people that you identify so you might be the head of the business but you'll have identified who the leaders especially in biggish teams who the leaders in your business are? Uh, let, let's bring this um, bring this back because we, we've um, we have talked about this a little bit before. But the idea of individual leadership. Um, so they'll obviously be on farm. Say they'll be the, the people who you would naturally think would be leaders. So your your managers, your farm owners. But let's just bring bring let's bring this to the idea of individual leadership, and then we can all be leaders in ourselves. How do you think we can instill leadership principles? on a personal basis becky i'm going to go to you first on that and then chris I'll, I'll follow up with you but i think it's really difficult to be a leader of other people and chris said this earlier without being able to lead yourself and i think that comes you know lead yourself effectively and some of that comes from quite deep self-reflection about you know who you are what you stand for what matters to you you know and it was interesting chris talking about his um you know he'd identified as part of his uh, pro, you know, process of helping yourself with your own mental health, Chris, you'd identified, you know, what are the things that really matter to you? And then how can you live those every day? And how can you pick those things up in, in a way of managing your yourself and your own mental health? I think, it, you know, it's, if, if you can't, and it's hard, it's hard to look internally, isn't it? But it, it's almost impossible to influence and lead other people, in my opinion. And this again probably comes back to one of my compass things about if you don't know who you are, if you you know you can't be authentic with yourself if you don't know who you are. And I'm always surprised um, at how few people sometimes have sometimes have done that thinking. You know, when when we sort of sit down from a business consultancy perspective and say, okay, you know you know it doesn't feel right the business doesn't feel right for whatever so it might still be profitable the cows might be still be doing well but you know it just doesn't feel how you want it to okay so so why are you doing it what 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 drives you what motivates you and you know quite a lot of the time you you met with a you know a bit of a blank page in the first instance um so i think there's there's a process that you've got to go through of you know reflecting on what's important to you what matters to you that then allows you to be authentic and, and that sort of emulates outwards. Mm. Chris? So I, I think, uh, you know, what, what Becky's saying, there's sort of two halves to this. So it is about getting to know yourself first, that self-awareness and that sort of thing. Of, like I said before, what fills your your cup? Have you got those things in your life um, that fulfill you? And actually, if you were to just a really simple exercise over a cup of coffee, or what are those things that you enjoy? What are those things that make you feel good? And even if you can't remember them at the time, when you experience them, just remember, just write them down. And then actually, the second part of that is thinking, well, how often am I doing those things? So the, cl the classic one is, you know, you can say I love my family. 
I like spending time with my friends. And then you stop and say, well, how much time am I spending with my family or quality time with my family? How much time am I spending with my friends? And that's just one example of numerous things you could do. So you can easily say that these are the things you like, but actually, are you actively doing them? Um, so that's sort of one one thing. And I think that's really important. Um, it's like this morning, um, I was thinking, well, how do I bring my best self to the podcast or at least a version of that? And uh, when I woke up this morning, I was like, oh, I don't actually feel the best but I did what I normally do and I go out for a walk which was kind of that step to um, creating some momentum and getting myself getting myself going but there are obviously other things that you can do and then the other half of it and linking to that kind of uh, leadership without authority is actually I don't think this is anything new um, I think it's happening before our eyes at this moment moment leadership without authority and it's always uh, been there but I guess we always think that you know leaders are people with with titles and when it comes down to it I mean the best example that's, that, that I'm using as a case study in my Nuffield research is regenerative agriculture and and, and also the event groundswell you know I, I, I mean correct me if I'm wrong but it was a group of uh, farmers that felt passionate about this they might have not necessarily had, you know, titles that, you know, traditionally would have meant that they would could have led, but they've done it. You know, it's a, they brought people together uh, mm. under a common theme and they've created that that groundswell or that that Mexican that Mexican wave. Um, and it's funny, actually, it's 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 a really refreshing example of how actually when farming or individuals in farming, you know, get themselves together, can make real seismic change. And that wasn't waiting for that sort of normal what I would call top down uh, initiation. Uh, it's uh, yeah, really refreshing. And and I would say even though the Walk with Me campaign, which you know is sort of started from quite small beginnings. Um, I sort of reflect on that as, you know, I was thinking to myself, well, you know, I'm starting to head into this direction with my project with leadership without authority. Well, well, maybe I could give that a go. You know, is this really a thing? You know, if one person says something and then if you if you resonate with a group of people, um, it can move. And, it, and it's true. So I think if you're passionate about something and also you've got yourself in a position where you can, you know, why you're doing it and, um, you're confident with that and you kind of bring people with you you can achieve anything you want to and, and I mean I'm, I'm just thinking about you know like individuals on on farms and you know they may feel that they're in given roles but I mean to start off with you know it, it is classically bringing your best self to work um, and and I think it's um, you know how, working out how you can do the best in the role that you're in and then on the other side I think from an employer's point of view which which probably causes a little bit of mayhem in an employer's mind what I'm what I mean by that is that if you're very busy and often quite short-handed and you you're like well I need that person to do that role you're um you know it's oh, well let's get on with it without actually having time to spend with with individuals and understanding where they're coming from but believe it or not most people actually get up in the morning to do a good job and so I think the important thing is is that providing I think providing the training is there and you're someone that on your farm is willing and open to receiving feedback or if someone like can come to you if there's an issue I think most most people um given given their head um and knowing their role and having the right training can actually be leaders in their own role um but it, I think there's a there's some work we've got to do on farm in making farms great places to work um and just to give a, an example which kind of leans into my Nuffield travel is that when I was in Brazil I went to a it was a 9,000 hectare arable farm that had uh, cattle as well Brahman cattle and they had great place to work status which isn't um, singular to agriculture that is a global thing for any organization and I was blown away by that because I think actually our aspiration as an industry should be making our farms great places to work and that doesn't mean to say that you have to have a large-scale farm or it has to be a place that is is you know particularly new or modern um or like the google office but i think it comes down to the foundations of genuinely caring and getting to know the people that you're that, that are in your team that's really 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 cool um 
which does lead us now on to a bit more um questions about your Nuffield. Um first of all, what, what's it called? I don't think we've heard the title of it, but tell us a bit about what you've discovered and what your key learning points have been so far. Uh so uh, when I when I, I applied for my Nuffield back uh, in COVID, so I was incredibly optimistic. I was sat there at home, couldn't, couldn't go very far, and I thought, well, now is the time to apply for a Nuffield. We can't we can't travel anywhere. <laughs> um, but I applied, and I guess I was always interested in leadership, and it was um, my my title, and I guess it still stands today, although I'd argue it's probably going to evolve nearer the presentation in, in November, is how do we take agriculture to the leading edge, uh, learning from the best leaders inside and outside of agriculture? And I guess when I started, I was thinking, well, actually, if I make a beeline for all these amazing leaders with titles, then that'd be fantastic, and I'll learn a lot. And I'd probably... I probably would have, and I have met, met met a few, but then I started to realise, and I guess it was during this journey that my mental health wasn't as great, and I was thinking, well, how do I be? How does my project be authentic to me, and relevant to, relevant to me? Because I think that's also going to help with sharing the message. Um, and I and I realised that for me, this uh, kind of concept of leadership without authority, or making it so that individuals feel that they can take on leadership in their, their life cumulatively will make an incredible uh, impact and actually change people's lives uh, you know if you if you if you're feeling a lot better in yourself you know you have a stand a better chance of having a more fulfilling life achieving your goals um, and and that type of thing and then I sort of dug deeper and deeper into it and you know that I think the farming community I think typically you know, has been doing this for a while, you know, the, the kind of the entrepreneurial spirit, the, you know, give it, a, I'll give it a go. Um, you know, they don't tend to, even though uh, you might, you might hear the odd um, moan or complaint here or there, on the whole, farmers will adapt and farmers will take, you know, if a challenge comes, they, you know, they will, they will, they will take it on. So I think it's highly relevant to agriculture. And I, and I think it comes from a place where we're always very technically um, attuned with what we're doing. So if you chat to any, any farmer, you know, they'll resonate with the fact that I need to learn a skill that's relevant to technical improvement. Um, and that, that's really important, particularly, you know, um, improving health and welfare with, uh, with your animals. But my aim is that I, I'm not going to change the world with my research, but I want to create a light bulb moment where farmers realise that these kind of people skills, leadership skills are as important as doing your AI certificate or any anything else that's relevant to the technical uh, side of things. And then, then things will kind of flow from there because the moment you realise it's important and you should consider it, you're going to take action. We... Um... Kai produced a Dairy 2030 document in 2020 and it was uh, and they did the same actually 10 years before that you know like a, a bit of a scoping document for the future and it's interesting you know there were some really technical themes in there about what's gonna what successful dairy industry and what successful dairy farms will look like in 2030 and you know there's lots of technical themes about you know focus on genetics and cow efficiency and you know the business acumen bit as well um but, but the theme that runs through all of it is is the people bit and it's actually where the people planet profit um came from because you know you can have the best technical individual in the world but if you know, the farm runs by the people that are on it and whether that be, you know, husband and wife working effectively together, whether it be, um, you know, a small family team or a small farm team or a large team, you know, or the allied industry that you have around you. You know, you, everybody needs to be aiming for the same goal, don't they? You know, so it's interesting, actually, that the people theme, I think, is becoming more relevant and coming into awareness, whereas before, you know, probably been technically exceptional and a really good business person would would secure your business for the future and and now I think probably people are realizing that there is a little bit more to that sure. yeah, I mean I'm going to go be as bold as to say it's the single most important thing to enable everything else that we're trying to achieve you know if we haven't if we have not got the best people on our farms that want to be there that care that are well trained and passionate about what they do you know, as we can have many different plans to do with 
the environment sustainability but who's going to be there, there to ena enable them to deliver yeah um you know and so the i think about the way that you know the the army i think promote themselves be the best well you know i i think in agriculture you know we can be the the, the best and i think it's the the way the way we i think we need to think about the way that we communicate about farming and um, so that doesn't mean that we're um that we don't talk about the challenging times but i think we need to talk in a way that is more positive and actually explains the great things that go on so i mean I, you know i quite like sometimes on a on a friday when it's wet that i'm working from home in my office but actually farming is incredible because a lot of people would give their right arm to be outside um, doing jobs that they can see the begin, you know, start it and see the, f the finish of it, mm -hmm. uh, be part of something that produces food or looks after the environment, um, you know, that ultimately makes a difference. And, you know, we, even though I can, I can have empathy for people that are kind of, um, have been in it a long time and probably feel a little bit exhausted by the ups and downs, but actually there are a huge amount of, you know, young people in particular that would love to to get into it, um, and I think we just need to create the right environment where uh, people can. And uh, you know, I mean, I think from a people point of view, I think we need to burst the bubble of saying we're only recruiting from within, because as far as I'm concerned, that um, recruitment pool is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And uh, we should be thinking in ways in which we can make it easier for the for people from outside to come in, and it's less about them having all the skills to start off with. And it's more and absolutely all about their attitude and, and approach and um, willingness to get involved. Fantastic. Okay, um, we're gonna we're gonna ask one more question because uh, we've gone wildly off script today. Um, <laughs> such a such, such a fantastic discussion. Um, so, Chris, just to just to um, sort of bring it all together, I suppose, if you were to give listeners one tip, just one, when it comes to leadership, what would it be? Um, well, it's get to know yourself. And the people that that impact what you do. So it goes back to that uh, Abba song: knowing me, knowing you. And I think that's important. And if I'm allowed a little bonus comment, I think it's listen without judgment. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Fantastic. Mic drop. That's all we have time for. I'm just thinking at, I was just thinking at the Kite Podcast <laughs> party that we should definitely have a rendition of uh, Knowing Me, Knowing oh, You on yes. the karaoke as like the opening, the opening yeah, scene. I think I think Chris should do that as well. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe both the Chris's. <gasps> maybe we have all the previous like Kite Podcast <laughs> contributors. Do one line each. Wow. Yeah, wow. yeah a bit like... like got... Love that. Guys, there's a big... I don't you don't mind. I know you've got a go, but... I, I don't know if you can afford me another two minutes. There's a big thing that actually I think that I wanted to mention about farmers knowing their stakeholders. So, you know, about that, I thought yes. I said, knowing me, knowing you. Uh, so when I, when I was on my travels and particularly in South America and in Africa, it's common that uh, they will employ more, more people. So I guess people are more readily available. Um, I guess, you know, it probably costs slightly less to have people to work on your farm. Um, but the best examples of those, those farms were, were businesses that really cared about their people. And they understood, so, you know, they would be providing accommodation. I even saw uh, places that provided schools for, for their kids. I went to a place that had uh, a hospital for their employees. And I know that's quite large scale, but they're thinking about those kind of basic needs. So the first message is actually, have you got the basic sanitary needs, um, those needs for the people that you're um, employing? Um, and, you know, understanding what what helps them bring them best, their best self to work. And then I think here's another I a game changing thing is I think that as an individual or in this context as a, as a farming business, you should know your stakeholders and how they influence your business. So um, I guess it's called like stakeholder management, but anybody that can influence what you're doing, who, ultimately who can turn your lights out. 
So what is your relationship like? Well, number one, with your with your family, uh, with the people that work with you, um, your your agronomist, your nutritionist, your feed provider, um, your local council, parish council, you know, whoever it is, um, you're at the environment agency, uh, you know, and have a real awareness of like things so for map it out on a in a three piece of paper and then think to yourself actually am i speaking to the right people am i speaking as often as i need to to those people um and just be even down to if you think to yourself well i'm you know i'm on a family farm maybe i'm not employing that many people what is your relationship like with your contractor so we all know at that peak time so we're talking about trying to get that optimum silage quality i've been to a few kite sessions where they talk about multi-cat and various various other things and but you need to have that really good relationship with your contractor to get them when you need them and you know that comes that that's not just that's not just paying them that is genuine relationship why what is that influence what is that meaningful impact that you can make on that person to make them feel that they want to come to you first or give you the best quality job and that that that's that's so so important and I think it, and also I guess what is your relationship with like with your supply chain you know your um, the processor that you're supplying or the ultimate you know, retailer or whoever it might be you know what is it what is it like because actually these are all things that can affect the longevity um, of your business and I, and I would say um, if everybody took a bit of time to think about that I think that would make a fundamental impact to farming businesses okay um, a lot of love in the room today, but that's really is all we have time for now. A uh, very big thank you to guests, uh, Chris Manley and podcast producer Becky Leach. Thank you very much for listening. Please see the show notes for more information, including our podcast disclaimer. If you are interested in seeing Chris present, along with lots of other Nuffield scholars, uh, he will be at the Nuffield Conference at Sandy Park in Exeter between the 14th and 16th of November. And for more information on that, just visit nuffieldscholar.org. We will be back with you next week, but for now, it's goodbye from all of us here.